Carol O'Foury, East Coast Radio. So South Africa's been making international headlines for the past 24 hours, and it's not for a good reason. A tragic, tragic turn of events yesterday when a building in the heart of Johannesburg CBD, Marshalltown to be specific, caught fire. And we now know that the uh, fatalities are up to 74 deaths in that fire. And we also know that over 60 people are currently in hospital with injuries ranging from severe uh, to minor. A really, really tragic day and a tragic evening. I believe that uh, firefighters who attended to the scene had said they had never seen anything like it. So yesterday I was watching the news, trying to catch up on the latest and finding out more about this building that apparently was an NGO for abandoned, uh, for for women and children uh, who uh, need help. And uh, they had moved out and the the, the building was hijacked by uh, a whole lot of people. And it said that up to 200 people were living in this building in complete squalor. Um, It's also been said that the, the environment there was almost like an informal settlement, like, you know, shack but inside an actual building. Um, So here I'm watching the TV and I see the angels of South Africa. I really call them the angels of South Africa, gift of the givers. There is no tragedy, there's no disaster where they are not seen. And he's a good friend of the station, a good friend of the show. Dr. Umtia Suleiman is on the line with me right now. Doctor, how are you today? Fine, girl. How are you? Uh, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm just completely shaken by the story. I can't scroll through any social media without seeing international networks talking about this tragedy that happened in Johannesburg. I did see your truck was there last night. I did see your, your guys on the ground. Can you paint a picture of what, what happened? What's going on there? Uh, Carol, look, we were not on site immediately. It happened mm-hmm. at 1.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. But we were called early in the hours, as we always do, get called by disaster management or firefighters, or EMS, or the province, or the municipality. And normally in a situation like this, when it, not not the, the burning of the building, but when there's a fire situation, whatever fire situation there is, and if they find it's going to be a long battle, they normally call us to support and augment the firefighters. Mm. In other words, providing them drinks, you know, bottled water, drink energy drinks, right. and energy foods, and even provide meals for them, and sometimes even masks and resin and lip balm and that kind of stuff. So we did that, but when our guys got there in the morning, mm. it was cordoned off. The police didn't allow anybody to go through. Of course, we could deliver the stuff, but they would, they would, people could not go through. You couldn't take pictures. It's understandable. Mm. It's, you know, it's a dignity issue. You're seeing bodies coming out four, five, 10, 15, 40, 50, charred, you know, and all taken to the ground and mm. smoke inhalation and, and death, and many charred and taken and put on the ground. You know, and, and it's, in, it's in the open ground. So, and it, of course, the relatives are nearby. So you can't have access to that place. So they saw that, they saw the smoke, they saw the fire, they saw the firefighters exhausted. And of course, they heard, not directly, but they heard that a family member saying, my three children are inside there. Mm. Are they okay? My husband is there. My other family member is there. Mm. But they knew the conditions inside the building. It's highly inflammable yeah. because, as you mentioned, it's an informal settlement inside a building, mm. like normal cardboards and plastic and paper. Oh, in a room that, mm. Yes, where a room should be holding two to four people. It's holding 10 people each and in, within the same room. It's shared between two group families. You know, it's, so that kind of situation. And, uh, and there's no fire security. There's no excess gate. There's no fire hydrant. There's no water. Mm. So that's what they saw. So, of course, we, we supported the firefighters. And then towards the evening, we were waiting for because the city has to take responsibility for placing the people. Unfortunately, many of them did not want to leave. I believe so, they, yeah. 
They wanted to stay outside the building and want to enter. Of course, police not going to allow anybody to enter its toilets. But eventually, 190 people moved to three different shelters. We supported them with blankets, mattresses, hot meals, bottled water, new clothing. We ran out of men's clothing, which we then subsequently sorted out last night and early hours this morning, which we're taking and going back. But we're not going to distribute on the streets where the people are staying near the building want to get in. We're going to perpetuate the cycle and we're not going to do that. What a tragic turn of events. I believe a lot of the people who were in this building were undocumented migrants. Also, apparently, I'm also hearing stories of a landlord, inverted commas, called Madala, who people were paying up to a thousand rand a month to live in Squala. Yes, they, they, most of them are undocumented. That's the reason they don't want to go. Mm. They turn on the buses down because in their mind, the bus is taking them to a, you know, a transit camp. Yeah. And from there, they're going to be deported. So they did not want to enter the buses. Mm. That's true. That the, Some people said they pay up to 1200 rand a month for one room, one shack in, 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 the, in the building. But this is not the only such building. There's close to over 100 high-check buildings in, in Johannesburg, hmm. of which 57, uh, from what we stole, belong to the city and the province. Hmm. Now, how can it be acceptable? You know, yeah. this is taxpayers' money. Yeah. These buildings belong to the, to me and to you and the citizens of South Africa. There's something seriously wrong with, with the system of governance in the, in the city of Johannesburg. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. Now, Doctor, I believe that this is the worst fire tragedy that South Africa has seen and possibly the continent. Would you support that? Yes. Uh, I've, I've made it very clear. I've been in this business for 32 years. I've seen big fires. I've, I've seen fires, all of Nisla burning, you know, and not many people pass on, maybe two or three. I've seen big fires in, you know, in UCT, you know, nothing happened. In the shacks, we've been putting off shack fires every other week. Thousand shacks, 500 shacks, 2,000 shacks, two, three people pass on. But, and people are so close to each other in those shacks, but they get out, which there was access to get out. Mm. Here they couldn't get out. Yeah, I believe in a five story, the gates are closed. Yeah. In a five-story building, you know, that 74 people pass on, it's probably the biggest tragic hist- in the history of South Africa. Jeez. Dr. M.T. Siloan, thank you so much for the work that you do as Gift of the Givers. And also, thank you so much for making time to talk to us. We appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. That is Gift of the Givers founder, Dr. Imtia Suleiman, talking about that tragedy that happened in Johannesburg CBD. And as he says, one of the biggest tragedies on this continent with regards to a fire. Carol O'Foury, East Coast Radio.